BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. The Supreme Court is hearing oral arguments this morning in yet another Republican-led challenge to the constitutionality of the Affordable Care Act. We'll run down the arguments on both sides and look at how the justices appear to be leaning. But first, Oakland Council member-elect Carol Fife joins us. She's one of the founders of Moms for Housing and an activist for racial, economic, and environmental justice. She upset the two-term District 3 incumbent, and we'll hear about what she stands for and the changes she hopes to bring to Oakland. That's next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Moms for Housing founder, community organizer, and longtime racial and social justice advocate Carol Fife became Oakland's newest council member elect on Monday, upsetting two term District 3 incumbent Lynette Gibson McElhaney. Fife campaigned on platforms of police reform, environmental justice, and the animating concept that housing is a human right. We're going to talk with her about her vision for Oakland and the progressive political movement she's building. And welcome. I'm going to call you uh, Council Member Fife. Congratulations, first of all, on your victory yesterday. Good to have Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 I mentioned that uh, your role was major in the Moms for Housing, ta- the takeover of that home in Oakland, an empty home that was speculator-owned and uh, brought a good deal of even international attention. A lot of the centerpiece of that was the idea, again, that housing is a human right. And it's a big shift with your election toward that and toward different policies with respect to housing. Perhaps you could codify for us a bit, if you would be so kind, what you mean by housing as a human right. What we mean by that, and and I have to clarify because I think there's still some misunderstanding about that particular civil disobedience action, was it was completely to highlight the fact that we believe that housing should not be a commodity. It should not be something that is um, sold to the highest bidder. And if you do not have the wherewithal to compete 
in, in the process of acquiring housing, then you are out of luck. We're seeing the ramifications of that throughout not just Oakland, but the state of California and, and the world, really. So we say that um, housing should be a right and everyone should have access to it, just like they have access to clean water, public education, and all of the things that um, are necessary to build a, a basic and decent life. So that's what we mean when we say housing is a human right. It should be. It is not, but it, it should be. And it can be in terms of legislation and in terms of policy. I mean, you're talking about, I think, changing the whole nature of uh, what you call the commodification of housing and moving more toward housing for low and, frankly, no-income people. Right. There are, are many people that are unable to work and have no income. There are seniors uh, who who cannot work and, and um, can't earn the, the uh, money that is necessary to afford to live here. There are people who are disabled permanently, um, who are born that way or um, through any situation that leads to disability, just unable to earn income. So are we saying that they shouldn't have housing because they can't afford to to live here? So um, that that is one of the primary reasons that housing should be a human right. We have foster children. We have um, young people that are in college. So many people that are are barred from having a safe, affordable place to stay because they just do not earn um, the, the money necessary. And even working people are um, out of reach for, for most of the housing that we see that's coming onto the market here, or just that's on the market. So that's, there's a huge problem with our entire paradigm and, and we need to shift unless we want to continue to see um, the outcomes that we're seeing with, with tent cities um, under every overpass and every street. And it's just, uh, it's untenable at, at, at this moment. And, the, and now the, the home prices are increasing in, in um, the Bay Area. And we're going to see an end to moratoriums soon. And it's just a, a problem that is insurmountable unless we do something completely different than what we've been doing. Our guest is Oakland Councilmember Carol Fife, uh, Councilmember-elect who represents Oakland's District 3. And uh, Councilmember, I'm interested in finding out, though, again, how you implement this. I know, for example, that uh, you've criticized the kind of impact of fees on residential buildings for developers to build affordable housing because uh, it's not getting done, in your judgment and many others. So what to do in terms of changing that would be really demand, for example, 20 percent uh, of affordable housing be built, insist on it as a mandate? I, I, I have to respect the existing council member. She is still the council member uh, for District 3 until the end of the year, until inauguration in January 2021. So I am council member elect, just to be clear, um, with, with all due respect to council member McElhaney. And uh, I think what I would like to see is us put our best thinking towards what it would look like to make housing a human right. So that includes um, people that are, to me, not necessarily doing as much as they possibly could. I think we need all of our best thinking from our developers, from our affordable housing community, um, from housing rights organizations. Uh, right now we have public land that could be utilized, but you're speaking of the 20% in private developments. I, I do believe that uh, we all need to do more, especially, um, you know, market rate housing developers 
who have been paying impact fees who've reached out to me e even before this election. Like, Carol, can you help us with a campaign? Because we've been paying impact fees and we don't know where they're going. We don't know how much is in um, the impact fee fund. So it's not just a failure, uh, according to me, it's a failure across the board from every spectrum of um, individual that's engaged in, in the housing in housing development. Um, so you're also talking and, about, I, I believe, uh, aren't you uh, maybe even an end to real estate speculation as we've come to know it or uh, policies which would support rent strikes and landlords, uh, for that matter, who uh, get behind because tenants not paying rents? Speculation hurts residents. Speculation harms entire communities and entire neighborhoods. When people are engaged in uh, buying up residential property, for the sole purpose of flipping it and making as much money as they can, then that leaves out an entire group of individuals who cannot compete in that type of market. And that's had a specific impact on, on black people in the city of Oakland. And it's, it's, it's had a drastic impact on the district that I live in, where speculators, including Wedgwood, the, the LLC that bought mom's house, um, buys properties in bulk. They buy 200 to 300 homes per month um, for the purpose of speculation. And then they sell it to people that cannot um, living in, in, the, in the neighborhood whose families can't afford to continue to live there. So that's a problem. And so I, I think that there should be regulation on that type of behavior. I think that's what's, what's causing displacement and gentrification and really racialized displacement. Um, as you've, you've said on your show and many guests have said on your show, 70% of the population in Oakland is, um, the homeless population is black. That is not a coincidence and it is directly tied to our housing policies. Let me talk a little bit more with you about housing. I do wanna talk with you about police reform as well though, because uh, State voters actually rejected the repeal of Costa-Hawkins with Proposition 21, uh, which would have permitted rent control in most buildings over 15 years old. Uh, you're talking about more rent control to help enhance housing for people and also uh, uh, to cover essentially more tenants. Um, talk about that in light of what the state of California decided with respect to being against, uh, against rent control, because your opponent, uh, Lynette Gibson McElhaney felt that uh, to some extent, and she has a background in affordable housing, uh, it was a good fight between the two of you, but she uh, is viewed as more moderate than you are, and Mayor Schaff has pretty much, uh, pretty much endorsed her campaign. Um, they have a different view, certainly where rent control is concerned, uh, and so you could argue, I suppose, that the residents of California do as well. I'd like you to comment then on that disjunction. That's a great point that you raise, and I'm glad that you bring it up because you're you're absolutely correct that the mayor and the former city council member, the outgoing city council member, are far more moderate on their um, views around rental protections, particularly rent control, and they are part of a, a chorus, a, a, a waning chorus of um, detractors for rent control because the reality is. Um, it's counter to what you just stated that uh, the state of California rejected rent control. The state of California and the residents and the voters of California overwhelmingly supported uh, affordable housing, 
what they're what they're responding to is millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in ad propaganda that say exactly what we are saying, exactly the same thing that I'm saying, which is Californians want more affordable housing. That is what the proponents are that, that countered Prop 21 were saying. They just lied in their advertising. So when you you lie in your advertising and say that um, Prop 21 will kill affordable housing, and people are like, no, we need affordable housing. It's just the voters being um, lied to. And there's never enough money on the opposing side to counter the hundreds of millions of dollars that the real estate industry puts into ads that pop up on every possible medium that you can think of. So what needs to happen is just more organizing on the um, other end, because that's what's um, telling the truth about our, our current conditions. It's We're coming up on a break for, here, uh, Council Member Elect Fife. Uh, I just want to have you outline for us, if you could, briefly where you want to go with police reform. For 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 years, um, city workers, public workers have received cuts to their budgets. Firefighters, teachers, sewer workers, nurses. The only the only institution that consistently gets raises and never has to go through any type of cuts are our police department. So I'd like to see an audit of where we're actually spending our time and have the police bear the same responsibility to caring for our city as all other city workers. So I would like to see um, mental health responses to uh, 911 calls. I would like to see similar to Albuquerque, New Mexico and Berkeley, California, um, a civilianized traffic stops uh, and things like that. But I, I do think that we really need to look at where this $330 million a year is going and find out where we can invest some of those funds into city services that truly keep us safe. Carol Fife again is council member elect uh, representing Oakland's District 3 social and racial justice advocate and founder of Moms for Housing. And uh, it's good to have you with us again. I congratulate you on your victory and uh, hope for the best under your Thank you. Uh, role on the council. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are coming up on a break. When we return, we're going to talk about, well, the fact that uh, for the third time in eight years, the Supreme Court is again reviewing a constitutional challenge to the Affordable Care Act. We'll try to sort all that out for you and have us understand uh, to a greater extent what's at stake here. And a lot is at stake. Maybe about uh, 20 million uh, would be uninsured if indeed the Supreme Court went ahead and decided against the Affordable Care Act. And this is uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but we'll talk with a couple of experts and find out where this can be decided in terms of what's known as severability, that is separating it constitutionally from the whole. I'm Michael Krasny. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.